Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seat. Visit MilliganBio.com. Got a few things on today's program. The feeder cattle market in Saskatchewan was strong again last week, according to the latest cattle market update. And a communications specialist says the ag sector can get and maintain the public's trust. It will just take some work. The farm weather is at its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Up first on the program is the cattle market update. I had the chance to speak with provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats from the Ministry of Agriculture to break down this week's update. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Saskatchewan feeder and heifer weight categories that had enough data to report on showed prices were mostly up last week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froat says most of the steer prices were up and only one heifer weight category was down. The feeder cattle market continues to be strong. Saskatchewan steers ranged from 427.50 per hundred weight for the five to 600 pound category and down to 313 per hundred weight for the eight to 900 plus pound category. Uh, average category prices were between unchanged and up to 1167 above the prior week and that was for the six to 700 pound steers. Saskatchewan feeder heifers ranged from 402.33 per hundredweight for the four to 500 pound category to 286.50 for the 800 plus pound category. The largest gain was in the five to 600 pound heifers which increased 748 above the prior week, and the eight to 900 pound heifers were actually down 192 per hundred weight compared to the prior week. Feed prices and recent moisture are driving the current feeder market trend. Well, we're seeing lower feed prices and the futures market as well as seasonal demand are all supporting feeder the feeder market. Some areas have also seen improved moisture, which has helped with the demand for grass cattle. There were less cattle marketed in Saskatchewan last week compared to the previous week. There were 9,153 feeder cattle marketed over the week ending February 23rd, and this is down compared to the 12,347 head we've seen the previous week. Prices for live, non-fed cattle in Alberta were up, but data for Alberta-fed steers was limited. Well, due to limited cash trade, the CANFAX price for Alberta fed steers was unavailable on February 23rd, but the last price was at 219.73 per hundred weight, and that was for the week ending February 16th. 
Prices of Alberta cows were up over the previous week on February 23rd. The price of D2 cows averaged 144.10 per hundredweight. This was up just 10 cents over the previous week. And the price of D3 cows was up 141 per hundredweight from the previous week to average 128.97 for the week. Fonda Froats is a provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Coming up next on the program, we spoke with a communications specialist about maintaining the public's trust, especially when it comes to the agriculture sector. We'll hear more on that right after these messages. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Maintaining public trust in an increasingly skeptical world. It's not an easy task, but communication specialist Lauren Sergi says it can be done with time, attention, and effort. Trust is, as I like to say, it's the goose that lays the golden egg when it comes to communication. Because when people trust you, they are first up more likely to pay attention to you. They're waiting for your information. It's good. The other thing is that it makes you more persuasive. So you don't need to make your case to bring people onto your side as quickly. When they do disagree with you, when you do present something that challenges them, they give you the benefit of the doubt. So you want this very much. She noted global studies suggest not-for-profit organizations and businesses hold the biggest share of the public's trust, but that has declined in recent years. She feels people are more cynical than ever. There's the automatic assumption that you are selling me a bad bill of goods because everyone online is selling me a bad bill of goods and social media is a mess and you can't trust anyone. Da, da, da. So it's an, an unfortunate bit of a trust trough that we're in right now. Where the agriculture sector falls on the spectrum of trustworthy or not, Sergi believes farmers are mostly on the good side. Farmers have a lot of trust, right? I mean, the proverbial salt of the earth and all of that, and we still very much trust that kind of ethos, that kind of character that they have. But where we run into a little bit of a sticky wicket is the interaction between farmers and other agencies. Because farmers work with government agencies, farmers work with big corporations, especially like Cargill and whatnot, which for a group of the public is a scary name. It's like saying Big Pharma. (gasps) Very scary. And so that can pull down the trust in the farmers a little bit. But overall, them as a distinct group have a lot of trust. She explains the trust tends to focus on smaller farms where you can put a face to the operation. But the bigger and more complex the farm is, the more likely a person will trust it less due to a lack of understanding. Again, she says it is possible to gain trust with other people. It just takes work something you have to do over a long period of time. It requires that you demonstrate understanding and empathy of the people that you're speaking to, that you actively work on building up your character so that you appear trustworthy and that you work with other people because one voice shouting in the wilderness doesn't carry very far, but lots of voices working together do. It all plays a role. And that's the thing is that we can't hide behind one style of communication that we feel comfortable with just because social media is quote unquote easy I say that that's a loaded word easy just because though it's accessible doesn't mean it's the only channel you also 
want to be doing the tours and speaking to the people and putting your face out there and showing up at the events. And you also want to be speaking with the media and appearing in the articles and doing the interviews. And you also want to be doing the newsletters and the grassroots outreach. All of it plays a role. And you don't want to do that stuff and say, well, I hate social media, so I'm not going to bother. No, you, you got to be there, too. For the younger generation, she encourages the ag sector to keep communication simple. The big thing is anytime you're reaching a younger generation is don't pander to them. They're smart. They are connected. They are engaged. And their cynicism is probably more developed than I would like it to be. Talk to them like they are real thinking individuals and that they care about the issues that you care about. Just make sure the language that you use is accessible to where they are and what they're likely to understand. Lauren Sergi is a communications specialist who spoke at a recent Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan meeting in Saskatoon. We're going to take another break here on Sask Ag today, but afterward we'll have Ag Review with Doug Falconer as he walks us through the latest Ag headlines. You're tuned in to Sask Ag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop. Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. The Prairie Oat Growers Association is pushing back against allegations that Canadian oats are contaminated with chemicals from a plant growth regulator. Brad Betker, POGA chair and a farmer from east of Edmonton, said a recent study from the Environmental Working Group, or EWG, is fear-mongering to raise doubts about the safety of oats. Canadians and other consumers who are worried about oats should consider who funds the EWG and the group's agenda. He says they are definitely a pro-organic activist organization. The EWG study was on oats and chlormaquat, a plant growth regulator marketed as manipulator. Some Canadian farmers apply chlormaquat to oats and other cereal crops to decrease the height of plants and reduce the risk of lodging. Speculators continued to add to their record large net short position in canola in mid-February, showing little sign of moving to the other side of the market anytime soon. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of February 20th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 149,049, which was up by roughly 1,500 contracts from the former record hit just the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 300,800 contracts, which was down by 7,902 on the week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, the net short position in soybeans increased by about 2,300 contracts on the week at about 126,700 contracts. Farmers yesterday blocked a border crossing between Poland and Germany, threw bottles at police in Brussels, and gathered in Madrid to demand action on cheap supermarket prices and what they say is unfair competition from abroad. 
Agricultural ministers from across the European Union pledged to do more to cut red tape and help farmers as they convened in Brussels to discuss the crisis in the sector after weeks of angry protests. The 27-nation EU has already weakened some parts of its flagship Green Deal environmental policies, removing a goal to cut farming emissions from its 2040 climate roadmap. But farmers are demanding more. On the margins of the Brussels rally, riot police fired water cannons at protesters throwing bottles and eggs, while about 900 tractors jammed parts of the Belgian capital, not far from the cordoned off area where ministers were meeting. Trade ministers from around the world gathered in Abu Dhabi yesterday for a World Trade Organization meeting that aims to set new global commerce rules but its chief and delegates sought to curb expectations. The almost 30-year-old global watchdog, whose rules underpin 75% of global commerce, tries to strike deals by consensus, but such efforts are becoming more difficult amid signs that the global economy is fragmenting into separate blocks. The chief called on ministers to roll up their sleeves and complete negotiations but seemed to rule out any deal in Abu Dhabi on reforming the body's mothballed appeals court. Some delegates privately voiced concerns that India's trade minister, seen as the main holdout on some key issues including agriculture, was absent on Monday, although New Delhi said he would be in Abu Dhabi today. A frozen Arctic vault built to preserve global agricultural crops from extinction received seeds today from the largest number of new contributors yet. The Svalbard Global Seed Vault, set in permafrost caves on an island halfway between mainland Europe and the North Pole, was launched in 2008 as the ultimate backup for the world's gene banks to protect plants from war, disease and climate change. The vault has received samples from across the world and played an essential role between 2015 and 2019 in rebuilding seed collections damaged during the war in Syria. 23 seed banks took part, nine of them for the first time, the largest number of newcomers introduced at one single location. The crates arriving contained crops such as beans, barley, cow pea, maize, rice, millet and sorghum. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falcon. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil kind of looks like uh, a similar story to yesterday, not in terms of uh, uh, any snowfall warnings or blowing snow advisories or anything like that, uh, but we do have extreme cold warnings. However, from what it looks like in the forecast, we might get similar conditions, but no warnings. 
Yeah, the usual threshold is an extended period of minus 40, and boy, we got close this morning. Temperature actually took a uh, harsh drop right in the last couple of hours of the night. Had uh, pretty decent cooling conditions there. Uh, the wind was up for a while. It dropped off just enough to give us that, uh, that drop off, and when they picked back up again, it was... Uh, feeling like close to minus 40 for those uh, basically 5 to 9 a.m. this morning hours. Now we're still very cold. We're not uh, warm by any means. We're struggling to get back above minus 20. The wind just up enough to keep the wind chill close to minus 30. At best this afternoon, minus 18 and minus 28 respectively. And tonight, very good chance we get back down with those wind chills near uh, minus 40, but likely just above it. So without that uh, extended period where it's there, it shouldn't be an extreme uh, a condition for extreme cold. The difference, of course, not very great. It's a couple of extra minutes of uh, exposure before frostbite. Best bet, whether it's minus 38 or minus 40 with the wind chill, bundle up. The temperature itself, minus 27 tonight. Some cloud cover does move in. It'll... Uh, Maybe produce a flurry in a few spots. Nothing significant. Tomorrow, we're back to a mostly sunny sky after some early cloudiness behind near minus 11. Wind is pretty light, too, so wind chill not a big factor. Tomorrow night, temperature rises, and it rises in a big way. We've got it between uh, this afternoon and Thursday afternoon, a 25-degree swing. Looking for 7 on Thursday with the sunshine and just a light southeasterly wind. That warm doesn't last. We back down to minus 3 on Friday. And a new system coming in for Saturday could bring in some snow by the evening. That'll continue into Sunday. Temperatures backing down a little below normal uh, both days of the weekend. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, minus 5. Normal lows, minus 16 degrees. The sun rose in Regina at 747 this morning. And the sun will set at around 6.37 later today. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia, Swift Current, and Weyburn, minus 21. It's minus 19 in Estevan, Mooseman, Yorkton, and Melville, minus 22. And it's minus 24 in Saskatoon. The least cold spot is in Maple Creek at minus 17.2. And the cold spot in the province is in Stony Rapids at minus 27.5. In Regina, it's a beautiful sunny sky. West-northwest wind at 11 kilometers an hour. Humidity 65%. Temperature minus 22 or minus 8 Fahrenheit. Minus 30 degrees with the wind chill. And the barometric pressure is at 102.6 and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, also sunny. Northwest wind at 13. Temperature also minus 22. Again in Regina, sunshine. West-northwest wind at 11. Temperature minus 22 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. It was announced on Friday that up to $60 million in funding, evenly split between the federal and Manitoba governments, will be invested in the Arctic Gateway Group. The money will be used to finish work on the Hudson Bay Railway and start to redevelop the port of Churchill. Federal Prairie Can Minister Dan Vidal spoke at the ceremony marking the occasion. I'm pleased to announce that we are building on our investments since 2018 with an additional investment of $30 million to the Arctic Gateway Group to finish the job and complete this phase of their capital infrastructure program. This investment, which is made through Prairie Scan, will support the ongoing maintenance and operations of the Hudson's Bay Rail Line. 
This means jobs will be maintained. This means mining and forestry opportunities will open up, including, of course, critical minerals, which is essential to our country's north. Manitobans through the Bayline communities will have the opportunity to position themselves as a true gateway to the Arctic and a true gateway to the world. Manitoba Premier Wab Canoe says the port, rail line and surrounding communities are a strategic asset to the province's future development, as well as increasing the province's status as a trading partner. We know that Manitoba has what it takes to be a winner in the zero emission economy of the future. We already have low carbon electricity. Just yes, or just last week, we approved another critical mineral mine here in Manitoba. And we are embarking on a strategy of investing in that low carbon future. And working together with the federal gov- government, working together with Churchill's leadership in Mike Spence and council, working together with indigenous leadership, and business leadership, we are moving forward in ensuring that we are going to make good on the investments our province has made over the last 50 years in being an environmental and economic leader. Long story short, the future path to prosperity in our province is making us a winner in the low carbon economy of the future. And the port of Churchill is how our low carbon goods are gonna make it to world markets and ensure that not only do we decarbonize here in Manitoba, but we act as a showcase for the rest of the world to do their part to solve the climate crisis as well. Churchill Mayor Mike Spence also commented on the funding announcement. This port is an international port, and we will ship through Canada's north. We're on to big, big opportunities that lay ahead of us. As you all know, this winter we signed an agreement to ship critical minerals through northern Manitoba to international markets, and you'll see that this summer. We are expanding our freight services, which we announced previously, and that'll happen this spring. We will have further announcements this summer in terms of other products going through. Our management team are dedicated to make it happen, and we, the ownership, will make it happen. The provincial government notes in a news release that Manitoba has 29 of the 31 critical minerals that have been identified as essential to the net zero transition. And the port is positioned to import and export commodities, critical minerals and natural resource products through the Arctic and to the world. However, it remains to be seen how many agricultural products will be shipped through the port of Churchill in the future. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Program will return right after these messages. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. In Arcola Building Supplies, small town number yard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Conservation officers are investigating a handful of cases of game being left to waste reported to them in January. On yesterday's show, Sask Tips Communications Coordinator Cody Osborne mentioned a case of seven pike had been left out on Montreal Lake near the community of Timber Bay in late January. Today, he covers two cases related to hunting around Spiritwood. 
uh, two out of Spirit Wood that happened back to back. First up being on January 26th, uh, Spirit Wood Conservation Officers received information that a deer and moose had been shot and left on private land near the Ranger Grid Road west of Spirit Wood. Uh, once officers arrived to investigate, they found a white-tailed deer left to waste and a moose that had significant amounts of meat left to waste. Uh, they believed that the moose was killed at that location, and then the deer was dumped there during the previous night, so sometime during the night of January 25th to the morning of January 26th. Um, officers need your help figuring out who is responsible for that one. And then the next day, on January 27th, uh, Spearwood Conservation Officers received information that an elk had been shot and left to waste, with only the antlers being removed south of the Meeting Lake pasture, which is approximately 24 kilometers northeast of Mayfair. Officers attended, located some evidence, and were also provided some photos of a vehicle entering onto private property um, in the dark at around 6 a.m. They do suspect this vehicle was involved in this violation. So if you have any information on that, again, please call the tip line or check out our Facebook page to look at those photos to see if you can identify that truck. Another was in the Edenwold area. And then finally, um, Regina conservation officers are still looking to identify an individual. So over the course of the hunting season of fall of 2023, um, officers were aware of illegal hunting activities occurring on Fish and Wildlife Development Fund lands. And these particular lands are approximately eight miles west of Edenwold, Saskatchewan. So some of the illegal activities on these wildlife lands included illegal baiting, trail clearing, and driving on these lands. Uh, Trail cam photos captured a couple individuals. One of those individuals has been identified and deemed not to be involved. Um, They're still looking to identify a second individual whose picture is on our Facebook page. They're not sure if that person is involved or just might know some information just because they are obviously in that area. Um, So again, if you could go to our Facebook page, check out the pictures and see if you can identify that individual. The tip line is 1-800-667-7561. Up next is the market updates. Looking at the grain prices at Viterra, they're trending in the right direction early trading today. We'll have a look at that right after the break. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM and Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $9 to $553.72. Number one red spring wheat is up $11.34 to $306.24. And lentils is down eleven dollars to seven forty five fifty. The rest were unchanged. Durham four hundred four sixty three. Feed barley two twenty two fifty eight. Chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four. Flax six oh six oh four. Oats two eighty five thirty two. Yellow peas four nineteen sixty one. And feed wheat two twelve thirty eight. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up nine and three quarter cents at six dollars and fifty-eight cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 27th. Our last regular sale was on February 14th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.35 to $1.55. D3 cows sold from $1.20 to $1.35. Counter cows sold from $1.10 to $1.20. Heifrets sold from $2 to $2.35. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.60 to $1.70. We also had a few bred cows that day. Youthful dispersal cows sold from $2,800 to $3,500. Mid-aged cows sold from $2,300 to $2,800. Older cows sold from $1,600 to $2,200. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Mondays. The market keeps getting stronger. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $4.61 and sold up to $4.97. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.79 and sold up to $4.97. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $4.44 and sold up to $4.97. 500 to 550-pound steers averaged $4.33 and sold up to $4.53. 550 to 600-pound steers averaged $4.21 and sold up to $4.39. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $4.03 and sold up to $4.22. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $3.86 and sold up to $4.10. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged three dollars and fifty seven cents and sold up to three dollars and eighty four cents and eight hundred to nine hundred pound steers averaged three dollars and thirty six cents and sold up to three dollars and forty nine cents heifers were about fifty cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of four hundred and thirty pound grasser steers at four dollars and ninety seven cents a pound a load of five hundred pound grasser steers at four dollars and fifty three cents a pound a load of six hundred pound black steers at four dollars and twenty Two cents a pound. A load of 650 pound black steers at four dollars and five cents a pound. A load of 700 pound black steers at three dollars and eighty four cents a pound. Two loads of 800 pound Angus steers at three dollars and forty nine cents a pound. And a load of 900 pound Angus steers at three dollars and seventeen cents a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. The latest pork prices are at $194.48 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Thousands of farmers are marching in Poland's capital to protest European Union agricultural policies and imports of cheap food from neighboring Ukraine, part of weeks of similar protests across Europe. The protesting farmers want Poland's border with Ukraine sealed to the imports of grain and other food products that they say are bringing down the prices farmers can get on the domestic market. They also want the Polish government to withdraw from the EU's Green Deal, a plan meant to fight climate change and help the environment with measures that they say are too costly. On the markets, the TSX is down three points at 21,320. The Dow is down 173 points to 38,895. Oil is up $0.86 at $78.44 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $73.90 U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in facing... 
finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.